Today we are looking at the fourth commandment, which says, honor your father and mother that it may go well with you and you may enjoy a long life on the earth. Hey, it's Amber, wife, mother, type A child of God. Here are little things we look at everyday issues from a biblical perspective with one simple goal, to know and love God more. Thanks for listening. Before we get to the Ten Commandments, I want to remind you that Pastor Jeremy Maddock is also covering the Ten Commandments in his podcast, Bible Breath. If you haven't heard Pastor Jeremy teach, you should know that he is incredibly gifted at taking really hard concepts and breaking them down into easy to understand bite-sized pieces. So it'll really add a lot to your study of the Ten Commandments if you listen to him. So just check out the episode notes and we'll put a link there to send you right on over. Just a reminder, if you're joining me for the first time today, or because I didn't mention it with every single commandment, but I am using Luther's large catechism as my background study to bring insights to you. So if you haven't picked up your own copy, or if you're wondering, okay, where is Amber getting this from? This is my book, Luther's large catechism. I would definitely recommend it. You may find things um, helpful that I don't mention because I don't mention Everything that Martin Luther says about these commandments, I'm reading his insights and I'm telling, highlighting certain things and telling you things that I think might be helpful, but it's like reading the Bible. When I bring you insights, it's only supposed to spur you on to do your own study. So don't just take my word for it. Get your own copy. Do your own study. Hopefully, it'll just really make these commandments come alive. Okay, so with the fourth commandment, we turn a corner. So the first three commandments are really about how we can show our love to God. But once we start with the fourth commandment, the rest of the commandments are all about how we show our love for our fellow man. So in the book of Mark, I think it's also in other gospels, but right now I'm studying the book of Mark with my teen Bible study. And a teacher of the law, it's Passion Week, which was the week that Jesus, Jesus um, right before he went to the cross, So on Tuesday of Passion Week, he had attack after attack after attack from the religious rulers. They just kept coming to him and questioning him and trying to trap him. And one of the teachers of the law came to him and said, teacher, what is the greatest command? And Jesus answered by saying, the greatest command is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind and strength. And the second is like that, to love your neighbor as yourself. And as I taught my the kids in my class, really, that is a summary of the Ten Commandments in terms of one, two, and three are talking about love God, and the rest are talking about love your neighbor. So loving your neighbor or loving other people, today, the fourth commandment is really not just about parents, but about authority in general. So we're going to break it down a little bit. So Martin Luther says that God commands us not just to love our parents. Loving parents is important, showing them love, doing things for them, being nice to them, that type of thing. But really it's about honoring them, which is even a greater thing than just loving them. So to honor them is to place them in high regard, to give them a high value, to obey them, to look at them with love and to submit to their authority 
as placed by God. So Luther makes a note, which I thought was so, so important. He says this. He said, children, he um, he said they, but he was talking about children, should remember that however lowly, poor, frail, and strange their parents may be, nevertheless, they are the father and mother given to them by God. We don't get to pick our parents. We come into life and we are given whoever God decides that we should have. Now, children know their parents' weaknesses and flaws better than anybody because they live with us, right? And so oftentimes as children get older, they're very much able to throw those things in your face and say, well, why should I even listen to you? You can't even do this. Or it's not like you have your life together. Look at what you've done or what have you. And Luther says that's absolutely not the way Christian children are to act towards their parents. Yes, you see their flaws. Yes, you see their sins. Yes, you can see how they might have done life differently or better. You can see the things that trip them up. That's not the point. The point is that God put them in charge of you. And therefore, we are to honor them, respect them, and obey them despite their flaws, despite the things that drive us nuts, and despite the things that we say, well, you can't even do this, so why should I listen to you about anything else? That's not from God. So Luther says it really comes down to three things, this commandment does. It comes down to holding our parents in honor, to respecting them despite their failings, and then to serve them as if we were serving God. So whatever our parents ask of us, that is what we ought to do. Now, just have to put a little caveat in there because I am quick to mention that that changes when you get married. So this is for children who are in their parents' household. In the book of Genesis, when we see the first marriage established, Moses was quick to point out a man should leave his father and mother and be united to his wife. We can get into a lot of problems if we don't cut those ties when we get married. It's not saying that you shouldn't still honor your parents. It's not saying you shouldn't still respect your parents. But the relationship changes with marriage. With marriage, we are no longer under our parents' household and we begin our own new household. With that, this is the time that the wife is to hold her husband in respect and honor, and he is to be the head of the household. And while you still honor and respect your parents, it isn't a parent's role anymore to tell you how to do things or to make you live life their way. Now, when you're in your own household and you're starting your own life, it's really important to have the husband and wife be together and not just listening to the parents who sometimes, unfortunately, don't cut the ties all the way. And again, this is such a shaky ground, but I've heard parents saying things like, I don't know how to parent my adult child. And to that, I say, 
when they're married, you don't parent your adult child. It's a different kind of parenting in terms of you don't tell them how to live. You can encourage them. You can advise them. You can help them by all means. But it's not about parenting the in-law, right? So your new daughter-in-law or son-in-law. It's not about teaching them how they should live in terms of you need to do it this way or you need to do it that way or this is what needs to be done. It's about leading by example and loving and giving advice when asked, doing a whole lot of praying, keeping those relationships open so they want to come to you, they want to listen to you, showing them a better way. I I think modeling is such a huge example. It's something that I have been very much aware of as my children are getting older. I want to show them how to have a Christian marriage, and I want to do that by being a good Christian wife. And I want to do that by the loving relationship that my husband and I are portraying in front of them and by the conversations that they're walking into when they see us talking through things and working things out and going to God in prayer. I think that's so important for adult children. But meddling parents in an adult relationship when a marriage has been established can really cause a ton of problems. So just a little thought on that as far as not trying to run your children's lives once they get married, but really coming alongside them and mentoring them and helping them while giving them autonomy, letting them make their own choices. How did you learn the greatest lessons in your life? Most of the time I learned by doing and maybe not making the best choice and then going to plan B. And I often wasn't ready for encouragement or advice before I failed. But once I failed, I'm usually asking, okay, how do I avoid this? Or how could I do this differently? Or is there a better way? And that's when I'm open to advice. And I like to remember that. I'm trying to remember that, I should say, with my older children, that I don't need to rush in and tell them how to do something. I need to pray. I need to ask God to give them the wisdom that he so oftentimes has given to me. And very often that's by being in his word. So I need to remind them to be in the word. And then I just need to come alongside them. And when they ask and if they want advice, be ready to offer what I can or give them examples from my life, but not to feel that it's my job to run their life by any stretch of the imagination. Luther made a point saying that, you know, if we live this way, it really would change households because if children respect and honor their parents, they're going to be such a joy and delight to parents. And it's kind of that circle, much with um, the same as with marriage. You know, God tells women to respect their husbands and he tells husbands to love their wives. And when we do that, we just get along so much better. But when we don't do that, so when the wife, I was just talking to a friend of mine yesterday And I've openly said this many times before, but one of the biggest problems and mistakes that I made when I first got married, which led to a lot of problems, was that I 
was um, saying to my husband, you know, when you earn my respect, I will respect you. So if he made a decision that was just terrible, or when I saw him doing something that I thought, oh man, who would do this? Then I would right away get in his face and I'd be like, how can I respect you when you've done this? Well, God doesn't say respect your husband when they've earned your respect or when they're making really good choices. He says, respect them. And that means, you know, choosing your words or choosing not to talk sometimes. Maybe it just means praying for them in the moment. And the the funny thing is the friend of mine who I was talking to, she's about my age. Um, she said, same thing, Amber. I did the exact same thing. I was so forceful at the beginning of our marriage and so wanting to prove that I was right and he was wrong and just led to so many problems. So uh, Luther said, you know, if we actually live this way, it's amazing the peace that it can bring to our households. But the opposite is also true. If we choose to ignore and disregard this commandment as children, if we choose not to honor and obey our parents, but instead to go our own way, then it's going to be a catastrophe. We're going to bring sorrow and grief to our parents. And we're often, very often going to make decisions. If our parents aren't in agreement with them, a lot of times we're making decisions that aren't in our best interest. And so we're going the wrong way, much like that prodigal son. And when we do that, we are bound to fall into the consequences of those choices. And that is going to bring us to a point of grief. So it's it's much better for us to just honor our parents and to respect them and to make a point to obey them, even if we sometimes don't agree with them. God is so serious about this, Luther said, that he attaches a promise. And the promise is that it will go well with you. And part of that is that relationship thing that I just talked about. When you're obeying and honoring your parents, that relationship is going to go so much better than if you are rebellious and unkind and cruel. Clearly, there's going to be a lot of grief and struggle there. But it's also true that God thinks so much about this that he's saying that there are other temporal, earthly blessings that he is happy to shower on us because this is so important to him. So God is saying, look, if you love me and if you care about what I say, and I'm saying this is in your best interest, I'm telling you right now, if you do this and take this just at face value, just honor, love, respect, obey your parents, I'm going to let things go well with you. Now, does that mean that you won't live in a sinful world and have the consequences of sin? No, that doesn't. We are always going to have struggle to some degree, right? We are going to have you know, illness. There will be financial problems. There will be day-to-day struggles that we have to deal with just because we live in a sinful world. But God is saying, look, there's something more that I can offer you. I can offer you a quiet life. I can offer you a good marriage. I can, like I said, those relationships going well. There, There are things that God is so willing to give us if we would just put faith in him that he means what he says. Just do what I ask and see how it goes. And like that friend and I were saying, when you finally get to the point, and I wish it didn't take any time at all. I wish we just understood this as we were getting married. I wish somehow that 
you could convince people just through premarital classes that you could, you know, just tell the woman, look, just respect your husband. I'm telling you, it's going to be in your best interest. Things are going to turn out so much better if you just do. Um, God assures us, yeah, that, that will happen. That will be a better relationship and your life will be infinitely more peaceful, happy, full of joy if you just do what I say. And this is the truth here too. And the opposite again is also true. Struggles happen when we refuse to listen to this, when we refuse to do things God's way and we say, no, I'm doing my own way and I'm not respecting anybody. I'm not going to obey anybody. I'm going to go my own way. Not a good choice. Now, this commandment also has another layer to it. So it's not just talking about our parents, which is a huge part of it, but it's also talking about authority in general. And here, Luther has three specific um, different areas that this uh, relates to. So first of all, it's our, our employers. So most of us have a, have a job. And if you don't have one right now, you have in the past. And so we are to respect and honor our, bo- our bosses, those who are over us, whether it be a manager or our employer or whoever it is. We are to honor them and obey them. If they say, do it this way, that's the way we are to do it. And we're supposed to do it joyfully, not just when they're looking, but when their backs turn so we bring honor to them. So if they say, you know, this is the way we want things done and this is what we expect of you, then whether they're watching us or not watching us, that's what that's what we should be doing. And again, the blessing in that is that we are a blessing to them. They can trust us. They know that we're going to get the work done even without them, you know, watching us. And also the place of employment flourishes when there's this level of trust and respect among employer and employee. It's also true for our government. Now, this is a hard one for Americans because we love our freedom and we love to be independent and we don't want anybody to say anything or do anything or make any rules that relate to our lives. And I'm not saying, I just have to say, I have to point out, Again, Luther was quick to point out with parents, look, they're flawed and you can see that they are not perfect. Our employers sometimes make rules that aren't great. And sometimes we have to go to them and say, look, this is not in the best interest of this place of of work. This doesn't work. Or this would be better. Or have you thought of... Or, or what have you. But a lot of times there's a process to that and it doesn't just change immediately. And it's supposed to be done in a way that's still respectful. You can disagree, but be respectful. Same is true in our government. I don't think anybody would say that we 100% agree with the rules, the laws, the things that we have been made to do at certain times. That's not the point. The point of this command is to say, that God establishes authority. And yes, they are flawed. And it is our job to obey them, to honor them, to respect them. Now, in America, we are blessed because if we don't like a law, if we disagree with the direction our government has has gone or is going, we have options available to us. We can protest peacefully. 
We can write to our congressman. We can make our voice heard. We have ways that we can apply for an exemption. I think of Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when they went to Babylon. They were carried off and they weren't given a lot of freedoms, but when they saw what they were supposed to eat and drink, they asked for an exemption. And at first they were denied. And they went back and said, but try and see and see if we aren't healthier for not doing this. Just give us a chance. And then their exemption was granted. And so here too, if our country, if our state, if our city makes a law, an ordinance, a mandate that is against our conscience, it is perfectly okay for us to say, I'm struggling with this one and it is there a way around it? There's nothing wrong with that. If they deny it, go back again. Say, but this is why I'm struggling. There have been lawsuits. There have been many things that have come before our courts because Christians have said, I can't in this instance, in good conscience, obey this law. So yes, we are to treat our, our civil government authority with honor, with respect. That doesn't mean we agree with everything they say. And there are times that we absolutely cannot because what they say and what they mandate is against God's law. So I just want to put that little thing in there. And then the other, the third layer to this is our spiritual authority. These are our pastors and our teachers in our churches. There are councilmen, our president of our congregation, our elders, those that God has put over us to oversee our spiritual authority. Now, Luther says we should do two things. We should not only just respect them and honor them because they are doing the work of the Lord, which is huge, but he said it's also important that we provide for them. So we don't want to not pay our pastors or any of the people who are employed by our church. Many times there are, again, layers, there's secretaries, there might be worship leaders, might be all kinds of people who are paid to oversee our spiritual condition and to make sure that we are growing spiritually and to make sure that our children have the spiritual education that we want them to have. And so again, it's in our best interest to honor them, respect them, and make sure they are taken care of so that they can do their work and not have to worry about where their next meal is going to come from. And I've mentioned this before, but I'm just going to mention this again. Be very, very careful how you talk about the people in your church at home. If you talk about your pastors behind their back in a negative light, your children just may decide not to go to church. Your children may lose all respect for all pastors and for Christianity in general. And what a sad, sad commentary that is. Our leaders are flawed. They are sinful and they need our forgiveness and our prayers. Jesus never said, and this is, from Pastor Mike. Jesus didn't try the church on earth and say, this just isn't going to work because you guys are sinful. Jesus established the church on earth. 
and the whole Christian community. And he, he appointed the apostles to go out. He loves the church. And so we ought to also love the church and work to grow it and help it and keep it thriving. And that's not the easiest thing to do, but it is in our best interest because again, that same peace, the blessings that we get, the rich rewards we get from honoring our father and mother are also ours when we obey and love and respect the people in our church. Now, Luther ends this section on the fourth commandment with just a warning to those who are in positions of authority. So parents, our civil servants, those who are our spiritual leaders and employers. He said, this should be a good reminder too, that God also expects things of us. He expects us first and foremost to honor him in the way that we live, but he also expects us to serve. People in positions of authority are meant to serve and not use our positions to be tyrants, to be unloving, to make slaves of those beneath us. That's that's a total misuse of the authority that God has given us. And I thought that was such a good reminder for all of us who are parents, for all of those, those who are spiritual leaders too, to remember what, what is your role? Your role is to serve and to help and to guide into love and embrace. And there's so much in this. It was such a good reminder for me. And I hope that it kind of helps you too. This has been Little Things because in God's kingdom, the little things are the big things. Hi guys, coming up next week, we're gonna be talking about the fifth commandment. Now this is one of the commandments that Jesus himself talked about. And he explained it wasn't just about if you murder someone, because most of us can say that we haven't, but it's really about the condition of our heart. How do we feel about the people in our lives? And if we are harboring hatred, we're guilty of breaking this commandment. So come back next week as we take a look at the fifth commandment. See you then.